he's like, doing oh. stuff with the body that you're like, oh no. You shouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> Why uh, your face look like that? <laughs> you see all the tentacles inside their face. Like uh-huh. the effects are very silly, but it's so fun. Because you just see him like <laughs> and you're like, yeah. no. <laughs> No, don't yeah. do that with your body and your face, Edgar. next door talk about spooky stuff yeah again we're doing it (laughs) yeah all day every day no uh every week at the very least (laughs) least, yeah um and we are the media literacy show from a horror lens where we talk about the real life historical uh and uh, out of this world reasons behind our cinematic fears and we in our new year new me are talking about some alien imposters um we've done that before Mm -hmm. (laughs) we covered uh um the faculty in a live show so fun what a fun film that was yeah i just remember it as a terminator run guy Mm -hmm. yeah it's great it was it was (laughs) yeah it's such a fun that that is a really fun film and that episode was really fun because it was live and we had people like you know tell us how you would know if your partner or someone you cared about was an imposter yeah (laughs) <laughs> when the imposter is like still looks exactly like the person yeah <laughs> which is not what we see yeah. so where you're like oh that's definitely not my neighbor uh, <laughs> yeah it's very obviously not them uh unless you have a bad eyesight <laughs> yeah yeah it's like um because originally so when we were planning out new year new me i was like oh it'd be fun to have another imposters episode and we were gonna do mm-hmm. the thing because we haven't and um it's yeah. a classic right and so yeah. we had every intention to do that until someone was like have you heard of this film called slashback which is indigenous and it's kind of like attack the block and i was like okay say less we're doing that <laughs> yeah we're doing that instead so we did it, it yeah was good it's a really good movie it's fun I really enjoyed it in the presentation and like quirkiness and coolness to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It and dope. it definitely became less about like, you know, what do you do when someone you love is an imposter and more about like loving yourself and your community and your identity, um, which is way more <laughs> on topic than what the thing would have been. Exactly. Yeah. You know, this one now is like way more. <laughs> related to what we what our like series specifically is about yeah, which is so... identity because new year new me you know yeah so who is me mm-hmm. <laughs> and what what are they doing new yeah so yeah. um yeah i highly recommend listening to our live it is live so like the you know audio quality audio quality is not the best, Ain't the best um, yeah. it was, was pre-covid so we were out at a bar a tattooed mom miss miss it um where we a part of the podcast festival mm-hmm. um, which hasn't been here for a minute miss them <laughs> miss live shows we did do a live show last year which was nice yeah uh, so here's to new year new us do we get another live show this year we'll see you know yeah we will see <laughs> I've already, i mean i'm not trying to get covid again but i've already gotten it at this point so i'm like okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I'm just like a lot of people are like, okay, yeah, most people. Have I don't want to do it again, but like maybe it wouldn't be as bad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not wishing COVID on anyone. Um, but live shows are great. And if you haven't seen the film Slashback, I highly, highly recommend it. It was an easy watch. It was on Shutter. Um, it has an amazing, phenomenal soundtrack. Um, I immediately Shazam like the intro song. I was like, wow, this is a really great song. And I sent it to my good friend Jeff, who's been on on our show mm-hmm. a few times, uh, and he was like, "Yeah, I shared this with you <laughs> like, like a long time ago." Not in like it wasn't in any condescending way. It was just like, "Yeah, I love that song. You were right to know that I love it because I shared that with you." And I was like, "I'm like, sorry. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm the worst." And he's like, "No, no, it's cool. Um, it is a very Jeff song. On. It's very funny. Um, it's so good. Yeah, if just listen, like look up um, hallucination." And they're so fun. They are such a jam. And it was just like, you know, it, it blends like the kind of like breathy, like gasping mm-hmm. that they have. And then it mixes in with like really phenomenal instrumentals. And I found quite a few like um, Inuit like performers that have mm-hmm. this very unique, like they're just so rad. And like they're uh, just like the way that they like deliver the music. Ugh. Their instruments are really cool. Like <laughs> clothes are really cool. I'm like, this is so awesome. We need more of this. Like I'm yeah. tired of the same people <laughs> making music here that like I think we've had enough pop, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so highly recommend that. Highly recommend this film. And uh yeah, if anything, I hope it inspires you to do some research into the culture. Um fascinating, just like their folklore and history and and things like that, that, you know, this is the kind of film where like, similarly, when we've covered films that are in these cultures that we're just not familiar with, Mm -hmm. it really inspires us to be like, I want to know more because I just find it like interesting. It's not something that I know. It's not something that I've lived with. And Mm -hmm. it's just a beautiful, like look into another world, another life. And, um, yeah. And also just like yeah. learning about it is its own little form of, what is it called? Not like protest, but like the people have gone to great lengths to erase mm-hmm. information about these cultures. So like, mm-hmm. it's a little form of, haha, I'm learning about it. You don't want me to. Um, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. And like keeping that, keeping those stories going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially like we, um, you know, had covered, uh, Canadian indigenous cultures, which has their own uh, horrifying backstory, right? We've done two mm-hmm. Jeff Burnaby films, um, Rest in Peace, and uh, one of being uh, Rhymes for Young Ghouls, which definitely mm-hmm. had, I had a little pang of feeling when with a certain situation that happens in this film. But there's definitely like a history that comes with having survived during like the point in time where they were just blatantly trying to erase their culture like stealing their children to whitewash them and um you know have them speak certain way erase this whole thing so it's like trying to juggle both that and that's happened like everywhere (laughs) you know like that that just like there's so many cultures had to fight to get back to um their roots and Mm -hmm. so um it's yeah I just find it really fascinating I love learning about new things and also really understanding the strength that it is to to go back and just uh, like look that in the face and evaluate yeah. it yourself for it's sure yeah that's a great movie highly recommend <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah. Well, why don't I tell you about it? Do um, it. <laughs> so, like I said, watch the film. Uh, I will have spoilers. I'm going to tell you what happens in the film, but even still, <laughs> I will say, like, it's there's no like twists, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you get what you get and you won't be upset because it is just really, it's a fun film. And a lot of those, like, it's really more emotional. So, like, as you're watching it, you get really connected to these characters. That's what you're going to find value in. And also, like, the monster is fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, like, such a creative, like, spooky thing um, that you're, like, just watch it. You're going to have a fun time. So, um, Slashback is from 2022. It's brand new. Uh, and it is about when Micah and her ragtag friends discover an alien invasion in their tiny Arctic hamlet, it's up to them to save the day. Utilizing their makeshift weapons and horror movie knowledge, the aliens realize you don't mess with girls from paying. Uh, mm-hmm. It's directed by Nyla Inuksuk. And um, at one point, they even say that. They're like, you don't mess with girls. <laughs> like, no one messes with girls thing uh which i really loved but like that was there because it, it very much is um like this group of girls fighting back mm-hmm. <laughs> slash slasher okay. <laughs> yeah anyway uh <laughs> it was like a, a uh the director said it was like a working title and she's like let's just that's what happened and it's cute <laughs> mm-hmm. it's definitely cute i agree um so slashback is part coming of age part John John Carpenter's The Thing with a sprinkling of Attack the Block and All Heart. (laughs) And it follows a band of plucky teens um, in Peng Tongue in Inuit Hamlet on the Canadian territory of Baffin Island. And our indigenous heroines are tasked with protecting their home from an invading force in an alien invasion with gross, fidgeting, not moving right imposters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very much uh I put in my script Q, he's wearing an Edgar suit uh uh-huh. joke that I love to make whenever we talk about imposters. Yep. When people skin. You yep. know ever men in black? Yeah, sugar water. <laughs> sugar water. Uh love it. <laughs> I don't know why that's one of my favorite things for forever. We should do men in black. Anyway. Yeah, it's a fun movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's about identity, right? Like you yeah. find out that for people who are aliens all the time, like in their yeah. lore that's fun um so <laughs> that's what the monsters are like if think about uh d'onofrio as the edgar suit uh mm-hmm. that's kind of what they look like but like worse yeah it's definitely worse <laughs> but yeah but to kind of get you there um mm-hmm. the film opens with a white man and <laughs> doing some uh he's doing some ice science yeah and uh he's got like a pole and like snow and some data I don't know what he's doing. He's doing something. He's like getting samples. Yeah. Saw a video recently where they're like, we found the oldest ice. And I'm like, but why? <laughs> why do we need them? What's, what's in the oldest cool. ice? What's what's in it? <laughs> they're like, look how far it goes down. I'm like, yeah, leave it alone. <laughs> what are we doing down there? But the avatar, Gabe. <laughs> I guess. I, guess. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. Get... Um, <laughs> I'm re-watching well, the avatar show. So that's, yeah. that's, why, that's where my brain is. You have to get him. He, he's yeah. the only one who yeah. can save us. Um, <laughs> so this white man in the Arctic, uh, near this Inuit place, uh, hears a curious sound before promptly exploring in a way that would make Ripley really mad mm-hmm. <laughs> and gets him, it gets himself face hugged like yep. immediately. And I was like, what <laughs> protocol? Um, anyway, <laughs> he, it's cause he went over and was like touching it. I was like, you yeah. don't stop. <laughs> Obviously you would do that, but stop it at the same time. Yeah. 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 It starts out where you're like, okay, what I really did appreciate that it kind of, 
I was expecting it to start a little bit sim- more similarly to the thing with like a dog coming up and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, is it a real dog? Um, so I like that it instead took like a, a turn into alien. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, oh, of course. Um, so very fun. There's a lot of like nods to um, other horror films. Even the monster, like the wearing the face reminded me of Michael Myers. Because <laughs> yeah. that's literally his mask is a human face, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all these little things where I'm like, somebody really loves horror yeah (laughs) super fun um so this is our introduction to the monster under the ice and it's something sinister and quite hungry and when we first meet the girls they are like any other stuck in that in-between space of growing up not quite a teen but not a kid either and the girls gather together and decide to go hunting on the mainland um which you learn isn't really like a thing they should be doing (laughs) all the adults are like where are you going um yeah they're not supposed to go by themselves exactly yeah yeah yeah. because they are still kids they're 14 (laughs) but Mm -hmm. when you're 14 you're like 14 going on 20 you know yeah Um, (laughs) like I'm an adult now yeah Um, so Micah the lead of the troop grabs a rifle casually and heads for her family's boat and following close behind we have Uki who's the rambunctious kid with a wild side Lena the quiet and sweet friend who's definitely going to grow into the mom friend and Jesse who's down to earth and level-headed and if you're watching I'm dressed as Jesse and uh Kat is uh Micah Mm-hmm. Uh, Micah's younger sister Aju sneaks her way over as well showing herself to not be someone easily left behind um she's also like seven going on 20 yeah <laughs> she just wants a cell phone this poor kid yeah um so she rides her bike over because you can also get um to the mainland from just riding um and she arrives just in time for all help to break loose so the girls are practicing uh aiming they're sharing like horror stories, like ghost stories um, in this very casual way uh, before Anju arrives and she begins yelling for them to get their attention. And one of the girls spots the polar bear in the distance and takes aim. Uh, But this polar bear is a little weird. (laughs) Its movements are all fidgety and like glitchy even and definitely not right. Uh, And Uki, always seeking to prove herself, takes aim and fires only for the bear to set its disturbing eyes upon little Aju. Um, and it, it charges forward and jumps on Aju, covering her in blood. This like yeah. black gooey blood <laughs> as yeah. Uki struggles to reload and take aim. And just in time, they're able to shoot it and run back to their home. Um, they do find that the blood that is on Aju isn't easily removed. It's just like settled there. Yeah. <laughs> That's something that comes back later. Anyway, um, they all agree that something bizarre was going on with this bear and they hint at it being a jirak or a qualpiluit. Sorry, I do not speak this language natively um, or at all. So, (laughs) but the the jirak and this other creature are like a part of Inuit folklore of these monsters that are kind of like the boogeymen who steal children. So the jirak are shape-shifting creatures who kidnap children and abandon them in places that are hidden away and not easy to find um and cat's going to go over some of those other spooky creatures in their section um yeah. <laughs> including a literal tickle monster <laughs> i don't have the tickle monster in my section and i'm sorry but <laughs> it is a good one i saw that one and i was like that's great um a lot of them involve stealing children unfortunately which does make sense considering what's happening but that happens like that's yeah. in a lot of different like uh in a lot of um folklore is like mm-hmm. the, a lot of it is just like kids should be good 
And if you're not, something's going to steal you. That's um, true. That's true. Since the Tickle Monster's not in your section, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention it. It's called okay. a Mahaha. <laughs> oh, okay. It is. And I just didn't know it was the Tickle Monster. Okay. Continue. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. It, it doesn't like, even mention tickling in mine. So you tell us what this version that you have. <laughs> so what I found the Mahaha be, and I will include an image that was shared because it's got these long fingers. It's creepy. Um, is... Uh, described as a grotesque demon who is infamous for tickling people to death with its shockingly frozen touch. Beautiful. <laughs> I think that's amazing. Um, <laughs> that's why I was like, I really want to do a folklore section or a mm-hmm. series because um, we, I'm sure we will find that most of them are like to scare kids into behaving. Um, you know, like Ladrona, she's just stealing kids. Yeah. I also just like as a warning that there are things out there that aren't yeah (laughs) be safe stay in your home you know Um, yeah don't go where you're not supposed to go listen to your parents Mm -hmm. um so uh while they're kind of you know pondering if it was a drug the a bunch of kids in pung begin to gather around to hear the story of the group's run-in with a real life drug before they are unfortunately though unsurprisingly accosted by a police officer um which really was this is where it was giving me the rhymes for young ghouls vibes uh because it definitely was like in rhymes for young ghouls if the police showed up for something like this they could take you away to one of the schools um and so that's scary luckily uh, a local woman uh, and also that police officer was just like a white dude like causing trouble um but luckily a local woman who is also an officer comes to their rescue which is nice um (laughs) i was like oh oh, it could have turned into a different (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and we get to spend more time with the girls the ghouls uh the girls and learn about their lives and personalities uh paying is small and Everyone knows everyone and their expectations for these girls. So Lena ends up being grounded for going to the mainland. Um, clearly, they were not allowed to go there, mm-hmm. right? You get grabs, right? Um, Uki is off wandering after being dared to return to the bear attack. Um, and she goes in search of Aju's bike and for vengeance. Uh, Jesse, uh, we learn, has a crush on a local boy who's this like teen dream. His name is Thomasy. <laughs> um he's got like the flowing hair it's definitely giving like jonathan taylor thomas mm-hmm. but like computer. <laughs> and he's hosting a party at his house while all the parents and adults in paying go to a super fun line dancing event mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like okay or square dancing they're square dancing um and during these interactions we learn about the complicated challenge of identity that micah is struggling with um, her father has taught her to hunt and wishes to instill Inuit values in her, uh, only for her to push them away. Like, she definitely wants to be, like, a modern kid. Um, and I feel like any story where we're talking about, like, second generation, like, immigrants and things like that, or even just, like, contemporary woman um, mm-hmm. who is in this, like, small town, you're kind of fighting against tradition. Because to that, it's, like, uh, holding you back, right? Like, you're... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of complicated feelings that go with that. So um, she's struggling with that. And when she goes to this party with her friends and Thomasy asks about the food she likes, she shrugs off at the, any um, and even shows distaste for any of the traditional food and instead prefers KFC. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, She makes a terrible comment about the Inuit fish art in Thomas's house, explaining that it's tired and replicated everywhere. She's just like, people just, you know, draw a fish and then put it up somewhere, blah, blah, it's so tired. Uh, (laughs) Thomasy's like, my mom made that. Yeah. Um, and she she's just too too cool for school she's yeah. trying really hard to be cool yeah um and of course like jesse's kind of like upset about that because it looks like she's trying like she's not flirting but that she might be interested in thomasy mm. but she like called dibs you know girls yeah. um <laughs> so embarrassed uh micah tries to change the subject before they're interrupted by the very loud and very terrified uki mm-hmm. um <laughs> She was something else. She was like, I'm not even, we're not playing. Like, I'm going to leave. Yeah, she was now. like ready all the time. <laughs> like, you will not believe what I just did. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. She had um, just like a great confidence about her for sure. She really did. She was, she was fun. She was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> I could definitely see how she could be a lot. Um, yeah, but like tells it like lot. it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Uh, so, Uki while she is on her adventure to recover the bike, finds not only the strange polar bear, but other bizarre moving animals. And following close behind them, she's, you know, tracing them, she discovers their alien spaceship of meat. Mm-hmm. It's like a meat ship. Yep. <laughs> really gross. And there's these tentacles that extend from the ship and latch onto their new human victim, which was a nice fisherman from Pang, mm-hmm. uh, and sucks out his blood. And no one deserved that except for the cop. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, poor guy. Yeah. And uh, Uki is then attacked by a polar bear cub, <laughs> which is cute and terrifying at the same time. Uh, she slices it with one of her like really cool knives mm-hmm. that she keeps on her, and she runs away covered in blood. And this is blood that she can't get off. Remember? Yeah. Um, and when she storms the party, she explains to everyone that there are aliens coming. And in an attempt to stay relevant and still burning with embarrassment, Micah absolutely lays into Yuki. Uh, she unleashes a torrent of incredibly harmful words yeah. uh, in the only way that like young girls can do, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she just like, says all this terrible stuff, like digging up Yuki's whole life. And yeah. she's like, what? Like, I'm trying to tell you that yeah, I'm trying aliens? to like, save you from aliens right now. <laughs> like, okay, well, let's, let's table like, that. Now we're fighting. <laughs> that, we do have some heavy stuff to deal with, but also, um, <laughs> And then uh, while this is happening, one of the aliens, now donning the gross police officer skin, bursts into the party. Not bursts. He just comes into the party. Yeah. Because that's what they do. They start slow to kind of trick you until you look at them and you're like, that ain't right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And everyone learns really quickly that the invasion is real and Uki is not lying for attention. Um, And we get some really cool chase scenes and find that Uki is uh, a very innovative and clever uh, survivalist. Like she was mm-hmm. really cool. She was a good final girl. They're all final girls, uh, but she was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she's like, I'm the bait. <laughs> You're not allowed <laughs> to be the bait. <laughs> I was like, okay, hon, you get it. Yeah. Um, later, Micah tries to get some answers and she asks Uki about the alien pretending not to be an alien, to which Uki responds, yeah, like an Inuk pretending not to be an Inuk, mm-hmm. uh, which was a great diss. <laughs> yeah. You could see she was like, deserve that. <laughs> yeah, I was drunk earlier. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Um, and it is clear to her friends how Micah is trying to separate herself from her culture um, and, you know, become this modern woman. In an interview on Inuit Art Foundation titled Nyla Inuksuk on her new film, Slashback, director, uh, the director explains, in the end, 
It is a very personal project about what it means to be growing up in a contemporary world as an Indigenous woman. We are the children of residential school survivors dealing with shame in our identities as Indigenous people and dealing with our identities as young women. But of course, I had to throw some aliens in there to make it fun, mm -hmm. uh, which again, I love. I feel like we would be best friends. <laughs> just all the things that I love about film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, here, this is, it has this really great message. It's very important. And mm -hmm. also, uh, there's some cool aliens. Yeah. Uh, cool so the rest of monsters, <laughs> for sure. And like the fidgety, like, oh yeah so good um the rest of the film pits the young girls against the edgar suit wearing aliens as they embrace the power of an inuk woman not someone to be messed with and they find a love for their hometown and decide to save pang because what would this place be without them uh and also because no one stands a chance against an inuk woman and when they have that moment it's really sweet and well-earned so they gather weapons new old and traditional and more they create plans of action and they fight the invading force they also put on traditional makeup because yes. they're like that's when they're like you don't mess with an inuk woman mm -hmm. um and it, that was just like super empowering and fun yeah um, <laughs> it's like it like that's rad you get into like your war paint and you get to go fight aliens um, it's the same excitement that I had when I was watching Attack the Block. <laughs> yeah. Where they're like, we're not going to run. We're going to fight back. Yeah. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. and in the, cause they know this place, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the look of the monsters is really well done. It's simple. Uh, it's just a talented actor that can move their body in not quite human way, uh, while wearing a person mask. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's like super over the top but unlike the thing these monsters are not good at pretending only approaching slowly and quietly to disarm to disarm the prey before turning back into their more comfortable position which is like on all fours and like scuttling yeah <laughs> towards you and like sometimes like backwards like grudgy yeah um, there's like, doing stuff with the body that you're like oh no you shouldn't be able to do that why uh, your face look like that you see all the tentacles inside their face like mm -hmm. uh it is like it is super silly yeah <laughs> like, the effects are very silly but it's so fun because you just see him like and you're like yeah no <laughs> No, don't yeah. do that with your body and your face, Edgar. Um, <laughs> and, uh, other than the super fun and eerie look of the monsters, there is so much to love, including its location, the folklore, the soundtrack, and of course, the girls. So mm -hmm. I want to get into a bit about like the making of and all these different parts that made this film really unique and fun and just, just an amazing time. Right? Yeah. So the location and the community played a very big part in the creation of the film. In every part of the film process, the community and culture seep through both in front of and behind the camera. And in Nooksook, cast the young actors by conducting acting workshops locally. Uh, her and an arts organization that supports performing artists in uh, Nunavut called Kagiavut. We're gonna say that's what it is. Kagiavut. Again, if someone speaks this natively, let me know. <laughs> it doesn't stick here when I write it out um helped equip the girls with headshots and videos because they were like learning like not learning to act but they were developing their acting skills while they're doing it which like when you're watching they are not the best of actors right they have not they're not fully seasoned <laughs> but they're yeah, so they're much also kids yeah yeah and they're kids and I think like there's such intentionality in like casting them specifically and being able to use this film to give them 
those like opportunities is really awesome <laughs> and so yeah. and they're not bad like you still get very invested in them they're fun mm -hmm. they're they clearly having a good time um and i think that's great uh the girls also helped in developing the fuller story um from short to feature because it started as a short and they offered their own insight into the characters and their experiences. Oh, that's very cool. Um, yeah. So it was kind of like this group process where like, you know, they'd offer up some suggestions or thoughts and um, mm -hmm. they were able to modify it for that. That's um, awesome. <laughs> no, it's so rad. Uh, Inixic also said one of the highlights was actually working with the community um, of Pong. So the other highlight, she says in this interview, uh, was getting to know the community, the people that we met the people that were on our crew, the people whose houses we lived in, who drove our boats and cars and all these other things. It wouldn't have been possible if there wasn't a chance to film this in Pong and we had to film in Iqaluit, which she said was like really hard to get to, <laughs> like even just traveling and it was kind of expensive too. So there was like, you had to be really intentional about it. And having the film take place in Pong is a point of pride for director Inuksuk. Um, in an interview, in that interview with the Inuit Art Foundation, she explains the challenges, but also successes of the shooting location saying, we started filming in June of 2019. It's where my nephews are from. And so it was great to see family in Pang. Uh, there's 24 hours sunlight. Yeah. <laughs> it's an Arctic summer. And I was like, what? It's just never not sun. Yeah. Honestly, sounds really lovely. Um, it wasn't the lighting <laughs> condition that conditions that we were used to, obviously. And the whole movie takes place over the course of a day. And so when we were doing that in Arctic summer, it's a kind of different, it's a different kind of thing than when you're working with a movie in any other location because you're having to keep on reminding yourself that it never really gets dark. And you have to remind the audience in other ways that time is passing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is like kind of like a fun problem to have. Um, yeah. And obviously you don't have the money to be like uh, Jordan Peele in Nope and make it nighttime. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but it was still like, we knew. We yeah. knew it was the same day. We knew time was passing. Yeah. Um, the film had a number of challenges because of the location though, including where folks were staying. So um, uh, Inuksuk mentions that there was a, a housing crisis, that there's not enough homes for the residents. So to add in an extra 60 to 70 people was not feasible. We had to live in the high school for full two months. We had to set up kitchens and have three meals a day produced for 60 people out of those kitchens. But it was really, really important to me that we didn't just come in and leave, that we really embraced the fact that there were that we're in this place and hunkered down and just tried to make it the best we could within this infrastructure that we had to create ourselves because it doesn't exist in the community. Um, and I'll, I'll mention it and in, in soon, uh, but you know, she kind of hoped that her, the impact of this film would then continue yeah. on in helping the community. Uh -huh. Furthermore, the soundtrack is created by the amazingly talented and hypnotizing duo Hallucination. There's Tim Tool, it's with a two, mm. Toolman Hill, and Aaron Bear Witness, uh, who make up the group formerly known as a tribe called Red. Um, and when they were a tribe called Red, Nixuk had worked with them for an interactive virtual reality music video. And when she began thinking of the film, she reached out. Um, she mentioned something like, you know, they were always asking, like, when are we going to? tag team again like when are we gonna yeah. meet up? well if it's for my film then it's gonna happen now <laughs> yeah they were like oh cool bet <laughs> and they were confirmed before the script was finished <laughs> so nice. and it's great because they really did they have like um definitely look them up and look up their uh like in their plans for this film because there's like one song that i can't find because 
it was just made for this film. It's the credits, and it's a oh, okay. remix of like a, a traditional song or a song by another band, and they have this person performing. I'm totally blanking on their name, but it's it was really amazing song. <laughs> I'm like yeah. where is it? I want it in real life. Um, so highly recommend. Definitely check them out. And ultimately, I think what we find with a film like Slashback is the beauty of new stories on screen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is why we're not doing the thing. Sorry, yeah. John, I don't think we've ever done John Carpenter, and I don't think we will. Yeah, um, that's okay. <laughs> which is fine. Other people will. And I yeah. think they because, yeah, someone should talk about them. Um, <laughs> but the biggest thing is that we should celebrate these voices, these stories, and these creators. And it's a delight to get a glimpse into a culture that we don't often hear about. Me, personally, yeah. I don't. So, um, except for on my TikTok. <laughs> because yeah. I like all those artists, I get a lot of that. Yeah. Um, but I really appreciate this film, and I hope that you watch it and learn from it as well. And for director Inuksuk, the film was an absolute treat to create. And she said... Just to get to the point where you can be taking on and directing a feature, being up there at a certain point during filming in Pong, in the beautiful community where we shot and we're walking around, at a certain point I was like, oh wow, I'm actually doing this thing. I was working with a bunch of 14-year-old girls and thinking about myself at that age and just how much I loved horror movies. And for me to be up there, I was really doing what I wanted to do when I was a kid. Um, mm. And that love and passion certainly comes through and will hopefully mm -hmm. impact the young actors who are also participating right because <laughs> now they have this and they can get more options it's just like how we got rhymes for young ghouls and then she went and did reservation dogs like yeah <laughs> it's so cool um and also knowing how much the community and culture impacted the creation of it elevated the film for me greatly and the director mm -hmm. saying I hope the impacts that we had on the community were positive I'm so excited to be able to go back with the finished product project and to share it with the community that made it possible. When I see myself represented on screens in ways that I haven't seen myself before, it's meaningful. Even when it's something silly like a Star Wars movie, it's important, I think, to feel seen and represented. I hope this mm -hmm. makes that for the community. Um, super agree. <laughs> like, yeah. I also hope that I want to see more, ind more indigenous horror. That's what we're putting out there to the ether. Um, and just the two side facts that I found while I was writing up the script. The team designed a fake polar bear costume for the actor who did all the monsters, Troy James, mm -hmm. um, to wear and perform as the bear. Um, because the director had a really uh, great appreciation for the thing's practical effects. Um, and so she really wanted to give it a shot. But the look on camera was a bit odd. So they went with a CGI bear. And I just really wish I could see the <laughs> original, just to, like see what it looked like. Yeah. It would have kind of been fun, but I totally get it. Um, we, we have the technology. It's There's no shame in that. Uh, also, the square dancing is a real thing. <laughs> so apparently, Inixuk, uh filmed a documentary in Penn. That's how she was more like really familiar with it, was she was already there. She had uh, documented um, the square mm -hmm. dancers. <laughs> Oh, very cool. <laughs> and like the the whole community, but it was like, um, so that's like a real thing. So the fact that the whole town was like, we're going to the square dancing, and we're like, where are all the adults? Like that's what they, <laughs> yeah. so they really just go off. go dance. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is such a fun movie. I and it's so real too. Like the impact. Like I don't know what the long term impact is overall, but like the having you know representation is so important because like especially since this movie was about like finding yourself an identity mm -hmm. they're like giving that 
to more people who can see the movie and see themselves on screen. And like, that's a big deal. Yeah. And feel empowered by that. You know, like it's mm-hmm. a, that's what happened with Micah. Like she went through that whole thing. And in the end, she's like, you know, going out hunting with her dad and pushing that forward and then using that to bring their culture and traditions into the present you know like she gets like the kind of thing um which uh just showed like oh we can blend this like I can be proud of this Mm -hmm. um still keep to tradition tradition in a way that like is beneficial to me Mm -hmm. and yeah there's like like pride there too that like can honestly like people probably see themselves in the movie and are like I can learn to accept myself and be proud of stuff too Mm -hmm. so yeah it was cute I really enjoyed it um I, I my autism always has a little thing with the acting but I got over it and I was like you're sorry it's so good you're <laughs> but I, I, was, I was just like ah <laughs> but it was you know not everyone's yeah. brain doesn't mind this and I think they did an amazing job ass nonsense you know yeah yeah, yeah. no it was, it was worth it and it was really good and, and they just did like it was just so fun to like watch them grow throughout yeah was happy and put on yeah. that makeup and they were like all right yeah I'm gonna go yeah, kick cool. some butt staff that's like oh it was so cool yeah it was just yeah a really fun time and I think it's also like one of those films too where it's like it was scary but like not so scary that like you couldn't show it to younger audiences too Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. you could definitely show it to a group of like 14 year olds and not have to be like so terrified they're gonna have like the worst nightmares of their lives Uh, you know what I mean like it's a a good like gateway horror film too in that like you know it wasn't so unbelievably scary um, that like kids could enjoy it so I know we always advocate for horror for children Uh, I think this is like on the list of like if you're in your early adolescence you could probably enjoy this movie without too much scare um yeah that's a good point i might show this to the nibblings then mm-hmm. yeah interested yeah maybe show them the cover of what the skin monster looks like oh yeah so that's just a gauge um, but, <laughs> but uh cool? okay well wait a few it's like but they do a good job like not focusing like so heavily on showing that like they yeah. are scary but like it's it does still feel like, you know, this is young. It's like for kids a little yeah. bit in that it's way. Summer so. camp, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so maybe, <laughs> but definitely show them the cover because I was scared of the skin monsters That's really as valid. a grown adult, right. <laughs> just to see, you know. Um, <laughs> so real. You'll have, to, you'll have to let me know. I'm interested to know <laughs> if it does yeah, scare them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because like, okay, this is very tangent, but I used to get scared of like Wishbone like the oh, show yeah. Wishbone, that's which is like not that scary <laughs> but they showed like anything in like the dark that came out that was like a monster mm-hmm. I was like nightmares I had many <laughs> nightmares about the show Wishbone yeah. when I was a kid like yeah, things which are not scary so I don't know the intro to are you afraid of the dark just the yeah. one creepy thing I was like I'm out I'm yeah out. <laughs> so totally real totally real yeah, I, will, yeah. I will not torture the children I will ask <laughs> yeah them. but maybe they'll be like "Ooh, that looks cool yeah um <laughs> all right take it away but uh into my facts section uh this one was really fun time Uh, i had so much cool stuff going on lots of interesting history lore relationships character development and very terrifying monsters that wear the skin of your neighbors um what is really fun about this film is that the children really are the stars and they absolutely kick butt against these very scary adult monsters that like my favorite part was that the kids just do it all you know um and fighting flesh-stealing aliens is a hard thing to do which anyone who has seen the thing or equivalent kind of movies knows uh it took a lot of grown adults to win against those aliens most of them die uh in the same 
<laughs> it is hard to defeat the flesh aliens. Um, and the reason this film really fits with our identity series is that the entire story is centered on this coming of age story with these young girls as they learn to accept themselves for who they are and where they come from. Uh, something that was already that is already like really challenging to do, uh, but they get to do it also while fighting these scary, the scariest aliens. I don't know if I've ever seen, but I was being a little dramatic there, uh, but they're definitely <laughs> very scary. Um, so why are these aliens in the movie so unsettling? Uh, it kind of ties back into anything that you kind of see that like looks anthropomorphic or like humanoid that isn't quite right. Um, mm -hmm. Like most body stealing horror as well, uh, the motivation behind the fear of these flesh wearing aliens is multifaceted. Um, there's a lot of fear around being replaced, fear of assimilation or loss of self slash autonomy. Um, there's also this fear associated with seeing something masquerading as human, like a humanoid creature that provides that like kind of uncanny valley, like mm -hmm. uneasiness. Um, and these monsters, as Gabe said, don't do a fantastic job masquerading as humans either. And that like, they just don't fit well into the skin they wear. Um, they shift very <laughs> uncomfortably. Um, and the skin itself like falls on the tentacle insides in a way that looks like loose and lumpy and just like. Um, the faces hold like no expression except for like this kind of like pancakey <laughs> agape face that has like no expression and the eyes like have these like gaping holes it's very scary and then like every so often from one of those holes tentacles emerge and that's also the worst of course um but in this instance i think like they weren't the star of the movie is the, the star is definitely these girls in their journey to like self-acceptance. So I, th I think in this instance, the aliens kind of act as a parallel to their journey um, as they learn to love who they are and where they come from. And this is like further solidified when thinking that the aliens leave like right away. Once the girls have embraced who they are and fight back That's against their feelings of self-doubt and self-hatred, there's like back up into yeah. the meat ship. Goodbye. Uh, they win because they <laughs> yeah, learn to love themselves. So, <laughs> Like, it's just like, I think they definitely was like very parallel to that. Um, and also like, they got rid of the bad cop, which is good, but they mm -hmm. also got rid of the, the like the nice. Good cop. Yeah. Well, Cause a cab. Yeah. Cause a cab. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah. So there's like a lot going on there and arguably like in their journey to self-discovery, there were some casualties, but they do gain a lot of like positive things for the community by the end of it. Um, so uh, there's a lot of mythology integrated into this film. And just as a blatant disclaimer, I'm very obviously not from this culture. So I should not be taken as the authority on this topic. I learned about this information from the internet as well as through this movie. And I'm sure there are many nuances and things that I just don't have the capacity to understand because I am an outsider to this culture. Um, in providing this information, I'm hoping to encourage you to learn and seek knowledge and to not let me speaking about this be your final stop essentially like learn about stuff is a great form of rebellion. Um, lots of information about non-white cultures in general have, people have gone through extensive lengths to make sure that like you don't know stuff um, by trying to like get rid of these populations. So in learning about them, you're doing a little rebellion. Um, so in an interview with director Nyla Nooksook, this is the same one Gabe spoke about, I just kind of pulled a different quote. They spoke on the mythology and how that was integrated throughout the film. Um, in the article or interview, they ask, can you talk about the roles of contemporary sci-fi and traditional Inuit monster stories that play out in the film? And Nooksook goes in and they say that there's an element of traditional Inuit 
myth in there. Certainly the idea of storytelling and sharing scary stories with your friends is something that was very common to me and my friends. When you're from the North where the environment is so harsh, our scary stories are comparatively terrifying. So the stories that were told as kids, like don't get too close to the ice edge or the Gualapalik will snatch you, um, kind of like resonate. So the I'm going to go into like a bunch of different lore and kind of scary stories. Uh, but the Qualapalic are in the interview, they say have long hair, green skin, and they'll steal children and put them in their mouths and bring them underwater and potentially keep them forever. There's all of these terrifying stories in all of these everyday scenarios. I think when you're growing up in a place like that, those kinds of magic just seep into the everyday, especially when you're at an age where you're believing in that kind of stuff a little bit. Um, and after looking into some of the mythology, uh, the Qualapalic specifically further, I was linked through the interview to in the same uh, website that we found the interview with the um, director. There is like an overview. They give this like really handy guide as your guide to monsters and Inuit art um, and the InuitArtFoundation.org. Um, and they provide images by Inuit artists accompanied by like brief overviews. And I just kind of pulled five of them. Um, the first five specifically. So the, it, the list kind of goes on. The website has like a lot of really interesting information. They kind of position themselves as a like housing space for art, Inuit art and lore mm -hmm. and stories. Um, and so I just pulled some. I recommend reading about the rest of them. So the one that is mentioned that Gabe was talking about, uh, Qualipalik, uh, specifically the one that steals children. Um, I'm going to like speak the words that are exactly on the website so I don't mess up the lore, mm -hmm. uh, but these are direct quotes. So they say, venturing near the flow edge of in spring as the pack ice drifts can be a dangerous endeavor, complicated even further by what lies beneath. Clad in eider down or duck skin amuti, which is a woman's parka, the malevolent humanoid qualipolic are said to live under the ice, waiting for waiting with sinuous tendrils and sinister claws <laughs> to carry away children who play too close to the fringe of the Northern Sea. Rarely seen, but often heard, they whisk their prey away on, the backs, on their backs to caves deep in the Arctic waters. In some tellings, particularly for inland communities, um, the Qualipalak also dwell in the depths of certain lakes. In others, the creatures are said to take form of various Arctic animals mm. to trick victims into approaching the boundary between land and sea. Yet in each instance of the cautionary tale is used to warn children of the dangers inherent in the northern landscape, an echoing knock on the breaking sheets of ice signals, both the natural and supernatural threat waiting below. Mm -hmm. um, Probably and now more than ever with that melting ice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just lots of like, I guess like lots of things where people go missing and that's very scary. Um, and mm -hmm. also, yeah, the changing environment. It's just kind of like, don't go out into the wilderness by yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, they on the website that I pull from, there's a lot of really cool art. Highly recommend going to look at it. Some of them look kind of scary. Some of them just look really cool. Um, the one image is like the green hair and face and like the tendrils definitely mm -hmm. is present. <laughs> uh, so it's just really cool to look at. Um, there's another uh, lore specifically called Inuk Pasigate. Uh, I'm definitely, do not speak this language as Gabe also said for their section. Um, so I'm doing the best if we know any creators or people from the actual language. 
definitely let us know what we say wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, the next one is a giant specifically known uh, that tower above humans have traveled and have traveled and left their mark across the Arctic, their footprints still visible on the land, some malevolent, some kind. The giants have been the subject of many stories and told in artworks made by Inuit people. Uh, there are stories of giants who were so large that they would mistake polar bears for foxes hmm. and bowhead whales for seals. Um, the famous giant is said to be able to walk among cross mountains in one step and later adopted a human son to help him pick lice as big as lemmings from his head. Some <laughs> say that giants sleep for hundreds of years and that if you see a mountain on an otherwise featureless terrain, it may be a giant deep in slumber. That's so that right. was kind of cool. That's cute. Yeah. And a little less like kidnappy scary time. And we're just like, that's neat. Um, yeah, more just appreciation for nature. Yeah. You know? <laughs> kind of like when we did um with the hidden people in Iceland mm -hmm. where it was like, okay, there's people there's like some magical thing here. We should respect it. Yeah. No, for one hundred percent. Um the next one, uh all of them kind of have like the ability to be like malevolent or scary. Uh, the next one is the Turngi. Uh, they're rarely seen, but are responsible for much activity, both malignant and benevolent. Uh, while they are known to invite native people to their cave dwellings and mountains and cliffs to trap and eat them, these beings can also be helpful when summoned by a powerful shaman in times of need. Uh, the Turngi are shapeshifters of sorts and can take on a multitude of forms. Some are only visible to uh, the shaman that summoned them, while others take an almost demonic look with barred teeth, horns, and long talons. Still others are unassuming and appear harmless, a tactic that helps lure people back to their homes. Yeah. Um, the Torngat Mountains in Nunavik uh, are given their name because they're said to be home of these spirits. Hmm. Um, and the, there's two more. So uh, the next one is the... Kajut tajut. Uh, the knocking heard on ice walls of an igloo is cause for alarm, for it is believed that those who behold the ominous visitor will soon fall ill. Lurking outside um, is a, the creature ahead with no body and no arms, just feet. In place, <laughs> in place of cheeks, she bears breasts on her chin, a vulva, a, okay. and a vulva. So you have that. Uh, a similar creature. Uh, takes the same form, but also wears facial tattoos. So these creatures okay. linger in the igloos abandoned by migrating camps, surprising people who enter looking for a place to stay. The figure uh, was an ongoing source of inspiration for... Uh, creator. Yeah, this one creator, uh, who depicted her in countless sculptures and nearly a dozen prints. Uh, Me Too, which is their last name, uh, in imagines the creature with a family and shows her giving birth and singing atop an igloo. Despite these sometimes joyous depictions, the artist calls her evil. And <laughs> his sons, Isa and Johnny, uh, have also dedicated a significant part of their practices to representing these figures who haunt uh, the Ungava Peninsula. <laughs> that one's wild. That one's like the, the green man. Mm -hmm. Remember we saw the green man and then the opposite was the like fertile woman? From oh men. yeah 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 in the movie yeah. men yeah yeah um the last one was the one that you spoke on Gabe the Mahaha yeah. uh <laughs> my favorite 
So if you hear a haunting giggle carried by the Arctic wind, <laughs> I love him. <laughs> it may mean that the terrifying Mahaha is near. With a menacing smirk, horrifying teeth, and immersive razor sharp talons, this being wears a twisted smile while it stalks lone travelers during the winter months, impervious to the cold. Uh, it's a relatively small creature and is routinely depicted wearing little clothing and almost always barefoot with icy blue eyes that peer out from beneath a long tangled mane. Perhaps most notable are its elongated fingers and similarly prolonged nails that it uses to tickle victims to death. Okay, it does say it. Uh, all while grinning from ear to ear. Um, however, this cruel figure is easily fooled. An elder suggests tricking the Mahaha into sharing one last drink by the water's edge, where soon-to-be victims can push the creature into the rushing currents to escape. Um, Clever. Yeah. You don't want to get tickled. You want to push them into the water. Um, but yeah, so it's just a lot of interesting information. Uh, at the website had a lot more even like within it. Highly recommend just checking it out. Um, and yeah, learn about stuff as much as you can. There's also yeah. in one of the articles, like it listed like a video where someone like narrated and gave you like visuals uh, specifically of the the one they mentioned in the film, uh, mm-hmm. the Kuala Palak, uh that was... The narration was like made it even scarier. It was like this creature that pulls children into the water. So yeah, it's like so definitely cool. like creepy and cool. Um, and there's like sets up very naturally to have horror movies made about these kinds of things. So hopefully yeah. more creators will you know keep inspiring and doing stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, learned yeah. a little bit of stuff. So that was cool. Yeah, yeah. There. Um, I wish I could find the the video, but while we were watching it, I found on TikTok again because I get a lot of like Inuit mm-hmm. art or history, and someone was sharing like how like their uh, origin story, like of of humanity, like people, and how um, they came to be, and it just really shows like their appreciation for the land and for the animals and how they mm-hmm. respect it and like try to make use of everything that they can from the animals and don't take more than they need. And mm-hmm. I think there's just like having that tied so specifically to their history and like their folklore really inspires them to keep that going. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just something that like <laughs> the Americans don't got that, you know, like we came and it was ours, right? Like that's like, yeah. if you talk about Christianity, right? It's like you got here, everything was made for you. You mm-hmm. get to be in charge of everything. So you just take, 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 take. Um, yeah. And I just, I, I think it's such an interesting comparison and, um, you know, we get <laughs> just so tired of hearing the same stories of, of those, the same monsters that we know, like vampires and all that, or even just like the, like the Christian, like centric vampires, mm-hmm. right? Like Wimoto yeah. Nayoka of Desky Projects is always talking about that. Like, yeah. Um, and I mean, if you're culture. only ever ingesting capitalistic stories that really are like, christian christian based stories like even mm-hmm. um you're not going to like learn that there are other possibilities a lot of reasons people will stay in a certain way of living is because they don't know other things exist uh so you need art that gives you different narratives and stories so that you can like actually learn that there could be a different way so that we don't have to live mm-hmm. in this capitalistic hellscape forever uh, <laughs> you know uh that there's different ways of existence that exist um and ways of life that are less damaging to the earth and the planet and each other. Uh, mm-hmm. So in That's learning so about real. them, you learn to not perpetuate harmful things. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? And just like, yeah, love and appreciate. Like we're right here. We might as well like leave the earth better than we found it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> for those to come. And uh, yeah, I, in the future, I really do hope to do a folklore series um, specifically covering, you know, folklore from, you know, countries and cultures that I am not a part of, (laughs) or even, you know, we could do some Latine, like I find some of those stories really fascinating because I didn't grow up with a lot of them. Mm. Um, So even just like, that's a way for me to learn and connect to my own culture. And so Mm -hmm. if um, you listeners, make sure you (laughs) like and subscribe, leave us some comments. And if you watch this film, uh, let us know what you feel about it. But also if you um, know of uh, or are, are a part of certain cultures that have really interesting folklore um, that are not based in Christianity, <laughs> let us yeah. know so that we can, you know, start taking notes of what to cover in the future. If there's a film um, that is related to that or that you suggest a book or anything like yeah. that, let us know. Um, I'm ever fascinated by it, even just to <laughs> learn in my own life. Uh, mm-hmm. I just did a, I finished a, um, uh, book where it was like indigenous monster <laughs> attacking mm-hmm. them and I was like this is so and it was it's kind of similar to that where they did not use like one they killed this deer mm-hmm. when they shouldn't have in a yeah. place that they shouldn't have and then they didn't use they didn't successfully use every part of her yeah um and she was also pregnant there's all these aspects to it where it was like you disrespected her and now she kill everybody yeah <laughs> she came back and she killed everybody so yeah. i highly recommend that um but like things like that like if you know yeah. a book or a movie or show or like story um i think it would even be cool to talk to people who just like come on and share like what they grew up with listening oh uh, yeah that would be really cool and also like we wouldn't have heard of this film well we probably would have like just through the twitterverse but uh or whatever that we ingest media from but like we got this recommended to us so mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh, it does end up influencing what we ended up talking about so if you know as Gabe said no any cool films no books tell us about them uh yeah we're just vessels trying to endlessly <laughs> consume media and knowledge yeah. in a way that is ideally respectful. Of yeah. Wizards. And then just share that mm-hmm. and hopefully infect you um, with the desire to learn more yeah. as well. Um, if you know bands like Hallucination, let me know. Let me know. <laughs> no. <laughs> we're here we're ready we want to hear them they're so cool please look them up um yeah. shout out to them and um yeah, yeah. watch this movie <laughs> yes watch this movie please yeah um, get it all the views that it means and i hope um Inuksuk makes more films i'm here i'll watch it i'll watch them and now that we have like the whole that you know jeff barnaby left behind mm-hmm. we, have, we have, need more indigenous stories mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay awesome well uh don't get married eat your kids Uh or Mm -hmm. they'll take your skin and try to eat your kids and your kids will protect the whole town yeah they'll They'll be great protect yeah can't doing it you know yeah really just finding themselves but also making the aliens leave yeah love it yeah (laughs) okay bye